Now, at this point in this chapter 6, uh, we're only doing the first 11 verses. Then it goes on. We'll do the next part uh, next week. Um, at this point, uh, he starts to explain this. See, if we, how can we go on living in sin? You know? We died to this whole complex, this whole world so marvelously presented to us by the television, that world. I mean, I used to be at the, go to the gym in the afternoon, and the, the, one of the machines I used was in front of a TV that was playing soap operas. And I thought, people don't really watch these, do they? It's all about who's committing adultery with whom. I mean, it's the whole endless cycle. People look at that, oh, it must be okay. I guess, I don't know what they're doing. I didn't stay a long time on that machine, but I mean, it was, uh, I thought, this is nuts. How you can corrupt lives, ruin marriages, through this sort of stuff. And one day, you'll hear about it. You know, people who lead others into sin are going to hear from them. Okay. Now, so... We have this new, we have resurrected life in us. Why? Because Christ is in us, the hope of glory. Now he starts, knowing this, that our old man was co-crucified so that the body of sin might be rendered impotent. That's powerful. This body of sin, this matter we got, there's nothing wrong with the body. The body's going to live forever. Jesus died for that. But, you see, sin and sin drives have to have what they call flesh. The Paul's use of the word flesh is that drive toward self-aggrandizement, self-pleasure, uh, self-satisfaction, self-self-self. That's the flesh. Its base of operations is the body. The emotions and all the rest. An emotion... According to Aristotle, is a bodily change uh, due to an image in the imagination. It's true, isn't it? Think of somebody you're mad at. I wish I could think of somebody. Well, think of somebody you love. It'd be better. And your emotions. They come alive in a positive way because of an image you're in your imagination. Those old timers were pretty good psychiatrists. Because it's still what drives us, as images of the imagination, mostly in the memory. And if they're there and still working, you might need somebody to help you get at them and get rid of them and get healed by the grace of Christ. So here he's saying, you see, note from verse 6 on, our old man was co-crucified so that the body of sin might be rendered impotent in order that we no longer be slaves to sin, to all that world. Slaves to sin. You see? My sins are with a little s, but they're part of the big s. That's why we're going to, we're going to say in just a minute, you see, uh, for he who has died has been justified in regard to sin. You're quit. You're, in, you're innocent. You're finished with it. You see? If then we died with Christ, we believe that we will live with him knowing that Christ, raised from the dead, will die no more. Why? Death has no power over him any longer. The death he died, he died to sin. He didn't die to sin, he never sinned. But he died to that 
complex, that force, that darkness that brings people to death. The death he died, he died to sin. He's quit with it. You see? Once for all. The life he lives, he lives to God. Therefore, you too count yourselves dead to sin, but living to God in Christ Jesus. Now when he says count your sins, he doesn't think, well now use your imagination and just pretend you're free of sin with a capital S. Your imagination is not going to help you at all. Why is he talking this way? Because this is the secret of sanctity, my friends. We are changed by the power of the risen Christ who lives in us. We are baptized into his death. Christ lives in us. And that power of Christ living in us, you see, that's what brings sin to death in us. And it happens at baptism. I have hundreds of quotes. I'm going to read you three. I mean, I got about nine New Testament quotes that I'm skipping. So you can look them up yourself. Well, I'll give you one. 2 Timothy 2.11 If we died with him, we shall also live with him. Where do we die with him? Baptism and then ratifying our baptism. Ernst Kaseman, Lutheran. The cross is actualized in the act of baptism. And then this beautiful text I'm going to quote a little bit. i got to watch my time. Cyprian. Cyprian was a lawyer. Uh, you know what lawyers are like, you know? Uh, in um, Carthage, he was later a martyr. He said, my life, my past life was burdened with so many sins that I saw no way ever to rid, be rid of, that I had grown accustomed to giving way to my weakness. What a great psychological insight, right? I despaired of ever being any better, and I so, I consequently, I'm reading again, I simply humored my evil inclinations and made no attempt to combat. That's the use, you see. Do you recognize that? What the heck, you know, I'm no saint. So I'll have another beer, you know. Or I'll commit adultery, or whatever. I'm no saint. But at last, I made up my mind to ask for baptism. I went down into those life-giving waters, and all the stains of my past were washed away. This is a man who died a martyr, finally, right? I committed my life to the Lord. He cleansed my heart and filled me with His Holy Spirit. I was born again, a new man. Then, in a most marvelous way, all my doubts were cleared up. I could now see what had been hidden from me before. I found I could do things that had previously been impossible. I saw that as long as I had been living according to my lower nature, I was at the mercy of sin, and my course was set for death. But by the living according to my new birth in the Holy Spirit, I had already begun to share God's eternal life. Isn't that beautiful? So, you want to be a saint? Just live out your baptism. And call on the ingrowing, in, indwelling Christ and the power of His cross to put sin to death. Here is a text from Aquinas. That old man of ours is said to be crucified together with Christ insofar as the aforementioned oldness, that is the stain of our sins, and our custom of sinning, or even the urge to sin coming from the sin of our first parents, is removed by the power of Christ. What's removed? The stain of our actual sins, our custom of sinning, the urge to sin, and the stain from Adam. 
all removed by the power of the cross. Another one from Aquinas. Through Christ's passion, however, we are delivered not only from the sin of the entire human race, both as regards the sin and the debt of punishment, but also from our own sins, provided we share in his passion by faith, love, and the sacraments of faith. What does that mean? It means that when I see a drive in me, I can turn it over to Christ who dwells in me. And in the power of his cross, I can put that to death. How do I do it? I want it. And that's the work of the Spirit. The great discovery of baptism in the Spirit is the power of the cross. The power to die to sin and to live to God. You turn over the cross. That is, you turn over your life to Christ who dwells in you, fixed in the act of love in which he died. And you get fixed in that act of love. And you die to sin. The death he died, he died to sin. Capital S. The life he lives, he lives to God. So you too count yourselves dead to all those forces. You see, but alive to God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a reality, my friends. And those who experience it know it. It's a reality. That's why the Christian life is governed by what you could call the, the law of change. If I'm today confessing the same sins I confessed six months ago, there's something wrong. I'm not changing. The law of Christian life is change. I'm more and more conformed to Christ because I yield to Christ, not because I've got some super willpower, but this is the good news. We are baptized. We're baptized into his death. Didn't Paul just tell us that? So that the death he died to sin, he died once. And so you too, count yourself, realize that if you want it, you are dead to sin. What good news, right? I wrote a little summary of that here, which might help. Jesus Christ died in an act of love and obedience to the Father and by this act died to sin. Because we make one body with him, all human beings also died to sin. And this is actualized in our lives, first by baptism, in and by which the mystery is made present. This actualization takes place to the degree that there is conscious consent and awareness of the death to sin. If I don't want to die to drinking too much, I won't. But if I say, Lord, I want to die to that. Let your death to sin take over in my heart. Let your purity, your love, your drive for the Father take over. Put it to death. I can tell you the story of thousands of people who know the power of the cross. Thousands. You see? There's the law of change. I go on. The power of the cross, operative in the life of a Christian, is precisely the actualization of the death and resurrection of Christ within the whole personality of the believer. That's what it's all about. That's the good news of chapter 6, you see. Um, now, uh, I, um, I have a long article of mine, which I never published, actually. But I'm going to quote little pieces of it as we begin this chapter 6, because it's so beautiful. Not my stuff. Chapter 6. The operation, this is me now, uh, the operation of grace by which nature is healed of the wounds of sin can take place seriously in a believer 
only after that moment in his or her life when he or she is conscious of grace. That is, after he or she is, is baptized in the Holy Spirit, which means a conscious awareness of the work of God. That's what it is. You remember I've quoted this before, how Pope Benedict says the whole church should be baptized in the Holy Spirit, meaning to be aware, his word is aware, of what we have been given in baptism and confirmation. Awareness of that gives us the force to hand over our life and yield to the cross of Christ. This, I believe, this is me again, is the significance of the advice Paul gave in Romans, in Galatians rather, 5, 16 to 26 to Christians who had already experienced the realities described in Galatians 3, 1 to 5. That is, you know, the works of the flesh, the works of the, the um, spirit. Um, and then, but I'm going to look at it mostly from the uh, Romans 6, 123. So we'll be looking at this again uh, next week because we only got as far as verse 11 today. Uh, but I must tell you, this is one of the, the secret time bombs of the Christian life. To be in conscious union with Jesus, who in us, in an act of love, is dead to sin and alive to the Father and wants to bring us into that movement so that we're dead to sin and alive to the Father. That means we never sin again. I would to God it were true. But at least we're, we're not captive to it, you see. We're not captive to it, whether it be anger or lust or drinking or ambition or whatever, suspicion, whatever. They all die because they died with Christ on the cross. And that's what we mean when we talk about the power of the cross, the power of Jesus' cross to put sin to death in us so that we can live a free life in love with the Lord and serving other people and telling them about the good. Not good news to say Jesus died and now he's in heaven. It's good news to say and that reality is in you and can change you for eternity. Amen.